I'm in the big leagues, told them don't miss me. Ballin' like Houston, ayy, feelin' like Whitney. I need a bag, bruh, send it through quickly. I'm making his dog, like I'm in the big leagues. Told him that I gotta go, dog. I'm riding a road, y'all. I think that I'm back in my bag now. So I need that go, y'all. Got hits when he throwin' a fastball. Just too quick for it, peeling off like the whip orange. Seen the effort, it's piss poor. I got too much, I gotta tend to. Car payments and a rent due. Told y'all that I'm six foot, but with the money. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Another Turnover, the basketball podcast where a basketball fan with zero basketball credibility gives his opinions on what's going on in the NBA. Opinions that no one asked for. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Chris Aaron Murphy, aka AA Ron. And ladies and gentlemen, Let's just jump right into it. Folks, welcome back to another edition, Season 3, Episode 17 of Another Turnover, the 67th episode overall. We are rocking and rolling. I hope you had a great week so far, got to do things that you wanted to do. Hopefully, you didn't have to do any things you didn't want to do, but if you did, I hope you got them done. But uh, lots to get into on today's episode, so let's, like I said, just jump right in. I want to kind of start talking about something that... I mentioned before on a previous episode last season, if you're if you're an OG fan of another turnover, but I want to talk about the referees in the NBA and the officiating. I think the NBA truly does have an officiating problem. Like I said, I talked about this last season, but it it just seems it seems to be a growing trend in the NBA specifically that officiating plays too much of a role in games especially close games but in games as a whole i mean it's it's pretty glaring you shouldn't have a situation where you're playing against two opponents your t- the team and the referees like that shouldn't be the case but i do believe that the referees are really have gotten to the point where they are inserting themselves into the game and no one comes to pay the pay to watch the referees so um but just this past week you know in the games that i'm watching and the highlights that i've caught um, Jordan Poole, uh, you know, guard for the Golden State Warriors, he got a technical foul for bouncing the ball too hard at a referee, like after after a dead ball, passed the ball to the ref, and he got a he got a technical foul for that. And I was like, really? Like that's that's it? I don't think he said anything or anything, but he got a technical foul for that. So that's just one example just of this past week. But also, you had Scotty Barnes forward for the uh, Toronto Raptors who got ejected. Um, I have the. Uh, you know, article pulled up here, or at least I thought I had the article pulled up here, but basically, you know, Scotty Barnes was, oh yeah, I do have it pulled up here. It says Scott Foster, you know, longtime referee Scott Foster ejected Raptors Scotty Barnes in a crucial moment. So with 28.3 seconds left in the game and Toronto was down by one point, infamous referee, according to the article, Scott Foster, whistled center Jakob Pertl for a foul underneath the basket, and that gave Denver two free throws in a call that clearly left Toronto Raptors players stunned. Second-year star Scotty Barnes appeared to protest the call, and while it didn't appear he did anything egregious, Foster decided to whistle him for a technical foul and throw him out of the game. So from my understanding, that was the only technical foul of the night for Scotty Barnes. I don't think he had another one in that game. I could be wrong, but he threw him out for one technical foul. And... It, it it was it was really just it was really just egregious like Scotty Barnes was saying in the in the post game press conference he's like I don't know what happened I was just saying something to myself and I guess he took offense to it 
Um, and after the game, Barnes had tweeted out saying that he was just kind of in disbelief by the situation and what happened. Uh, Raptors head coach Nick Nurse didn't hold back words. And, you know, he had some thoughts after the game. This is I'm quoting. I think it was a great game that looked like it was coming down to a great ending. It's a little bit unfortunate that we didn't get to see that ending at all, especially on the one Scotty got ejected on. There was absolutely nothing there. Nothing. So in the you know post-game report, Scott Foster said that Barnes was ejected on one technical foul because he had used verbiage that which directly questioned the integrity of the crew. So allegedly, Scotty Barnes said something to the, you know, to the grin of, oh, like, y'all are cheating or something like that and apparently he was he was talking to himself not directing it towards the referee but scott foster i guess took took exception to it so you know you're supposed to get two technical fouls in a game scotty barnes got one and he got tossed down one point with 28 seconds left to go in the game so that was pretty crazy but the other one that i'm going to kind of dive even deeper into was the fred van Vliet situation also toronto raptors but he got a technical foul uh, about midway through the third quarter in the game the other night. I can't exactly remember who they were playing, but he had some words. He did not hold back. And I'm going to play just a little bit of a, a soundbite of what he said. Uh, it'll be bleeped out because he used a number of expletives. But um, let's take a look. Let's take a listen to this. I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, a couple of the, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just the game up. Tonight, you competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a tech, changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be and um, just kind of the game up. Nobody's coming to see that. Yeah. So, <laughs> obviously, Fred Van Fleet did not care about his fine. He, I think he said right before that, he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll pay the fine. It doesn't matter to me. But, um, you know, he felt that, you know, the call against him was, you know, was not right uh, at all. He also put in, um, let me see here. He's basically said, you know, most of the refs are, you know, trying hard. I like a lot of the refs. They're trying hard. They're pretty fair and they communicate well. And then, like you said, you got the other ones who just kind of messed the game up. No one is coming to see that. They come to see the players. So the Raptors in that game was against the Clippers, actually. They were called for 23 fouls versus the Clippers 18, which doesn't seem like, you know, that big of a difference. But L.A. had 31 free throw attempts compared to 14 for Toronto. So that's a pretty sizable gap. So I can definitely see the frustration there. So I say all of that to say this when it comes to the referees like do the referees have a difficult job like catching all the stuff that happens in real time like incredibly quickly yes like they do that I, I i would i would say profession professional sports officiating is not an easy job but do the referees i believe also have personal vendettas and biases against certain players and certain teams i think so too i think that would be a yes i believe with you know the amount of emotion and things that go alongside you know you know really tense moments in games you're bound to have some error i mean the referees are human but i do believe that there is a problem in that you know in the officiating as a whole there's no real in my opinion 
there's really no public accountability for referees. And sure, they put out that post-game you know, report like, oh, a call should have been made here or an incorrect call was made there, but that doesn't really do anything. That's not being accountable. It's just like, hey, here's a little memo. We messed up. All right, on to the next one because it doesn't change anything. But, you know, referees, they make a bad call. And like I said, it comes out in the report and it's like, oh, well, all right, on to the next game. But here's my thinking. Here's what I think the NBA could do to kind of fix the officiating problem that they've got going on. I believe that in games that are decided by five points or less, I think the referees should have to do post-game press post-game press conferences just like the players do. You know, we subject the players to doing, you know, post-game comments and all that stuff after tough losses. And, you know, emotions are still high. Things come out that they probably shouldn't say. But I think the referee should be under that same exact scrutiny. Like any close calls that were made or that weren't made, they should have to publicly explain themselves. They should have to explain why they made a call here or why they didn't make a call there. I mean, like I said, it's all about accountability. I believe if the referees were subjected to doing post-game press conferences, you would probably eventually start seeing better officiating because they would be under the same level of scrutiny that the players are. You know, players shouldn't be the only ones, like I said, that are under that level of scrutiny. When it comes to post-game press conferences for the refs, I think it would only help to just make them accountable. I think that ultimately it would lead to you know, better officiating. And like I said, like I talked about, you know, just a few moments ago, I know referees are human, you know, humans are flawed, humans make mistakes, I get all of that. But it's not about the mistakes per se, it's about the lack of accountability. Because sometimes it seems like when the referees are out there, it seems like they're above the rules. And it seems like their mistakes have no sort of consequences whatsoever. And you can't say anything about the referees or that's an automatic 20,000 or $50,000 fine or whatever it is. So, I think the ref I think the NBA really needs to take a look into this. I think the NBA can do some good long-term if they have referees in their own post-game press conferences or have them sit right next to the players. Like that would be pretty interesting. Like if a referee misses a call or makes the wrong call, have them sit right next to the team that lost doing their post-game conferences. I think that would make for some great TV, but all right, let's transition a little bit. Let's go ahead and talk about John Morant. Um, you know, we talked about John Morant was the leading story last week on another turnover on, on the show. So I kind of want to give an update in that situation because, you know, when I had posted the when I had posted that episode the following day, I think it was Saturday, there was a video that went out with John Morant on Instagram Live and he showed a gun. He was in a strip club or nightclub or whatever it was. You know, seemed like he was having a good time, but then he showed a gun, and I just let out an audible. I was like, "Oh no, Ja! Like, what are you doing?" I was, it, I was like, "I just talked about this on the show." Now, does John ja Morant listen to the show? Probably not, but I just talked about it. So let's. But here, here's the latest update. I have USA USA Today article pulled up here. It says John ja Morant will not be charged over gun incident. Not enough evidence, according to Colorado police. So. Article states here that Colorado police will not file any charges against Memphis Grizzlies star all-star John Morant for allegedly flashing a gun at a nightclub on Instagram Live early Saturday morning. On Wednesday, this was yesterday, two days ago if you're listening to this, 
The Glendale Police Department said that although the video of Moran brandishing a firearm was concerning enough to prompt an investigation, there was not enough available evidence to charge anyone with a crime. No one was threatened or menaced with the firearm. In fact, no firearm was ever located. Moran, 23, filmed the video early Saturday morning from Shotgun Willie's Strip Club, police said. Following the Grizzlies' 113-97 road loss to the Denver Nuggets on Friday, while wrapping shirtless, Morant is seen holding what appeared to be a firearm by the butt end of a gun for several seconds. Since Captain Jamie Dillon told USA Today Sports on Wednesday that Morant declined to comment to police, which didn't have an impact on the investigation. So, police aren't going to file any charges, so it looks like they weren't able to, you know, find enough evidence to charge anyone with a crime um according to you know what we just read so i would say oh i was gonna say i was gonna say i guess john morant dodged a bullet there but that's probably not the best cliche to use for this story <laughs> but uh I, you know i hope i really hope the situation is a wake-up call for him you know there there's just so much at stake that could be lost for john morant like his his five-year, two hundred and twenty some odd million dollar contract doesn't kick in until next year. I'm like, dude, like, that's like you're set. You're set for life. Family's set for life. I mean, I just, you know, I really hope that this gets him back on the right track. I mean, he's 23 years old. He has apologized. He put out that statement, basically saying that he was sorry and you know he needed to seek further help. And I don't see why, you know it would be anything less than sincere at this point. Uh, but I really just hope this, I really hope this helps him get on, you know, a path to just, you know, be a better person, make better decisions for his sake, but also the sake of his family and the sake of, you know, the Memphis Grizzlies as well. I know they have championship aspirations, but um, the Grizzlies did announce that he's going to be out for at least the next four games. So he's not going to be with the team at all. He's still away from the team, and he probably will be. Like I said, I could see it being longer than you know those four games, but we'll see. Now that the police are not filing any charges, that probably only is going to help their case, um, or you know is only going to help his case to get back on the court. That is, but uh, Ja, praying for you, pulling for you, hoping that it all works out. But uh, we'll see. We shall see. But um. Speaking of the Memphis Grizzlies, there was some more news that came out about the Memphis Grizzlies, more specifically about one particular player with the Memphis Grizzlies and another player with the Golden State Warriors. So I think you know where I'm going with this, but let's kind of touch on that Draymond Green and Dylan Brooks beef they've got going on. So so this kind of dates back to the 2021 play-in when the Memphis Grizzlies beat the Warriors to get the eighth seed, the eighth and final seed in the playoffs. Um, you know, Memphis beat them. I think it was a relatively close game, but 2021, you know, Warriors had still dealing with injuries, things like that. Clay Thompson, you know, had not come back yet. Was that 20? Yeah, that was 21. Yeah, because the Warriors won last year in 22. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, last year in the playoffs, 2022, in the semifinals, Golden State beat Memphis in the second round. John Morant was hurt in that series, didn't play... I don't think he played games four, five, or six, I, I believe. Now, I think the Warriors would have beaten the Grizzlies even with John Morant, but that's a story for another day. Uh, but Golden State, like I said, beat him in the playoffs, eventually ended up going to the championship to win it all against the Boston Celtics. But there's just been lots of talking back and forth between 
these two teams. Whenever they play each other, they're actually playing each other right now, which the Warriors are down 72 to 79. They were down by 20 points at one point. They're down 72 to 79 with about eight minutes left in the third quarter. So live update there. But there's been a lot of talk and a lot of jawing back and forth between these two teams, but especially with Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green. So, you know, this this is the latest situation. Um, you know, Dylan Brooks a couple days ago basically said in an interview with ESPN's uh, Tim Cohn, Tim Cohn, if I'm saying that correctly, says Brooks said he doesn't like Golden State or Draymond Green and added that the Warriors forward talks a lot. Now, Draymond Green declined to address this in the post-game uh, interview the other night. But Draymond Green, obviously, he's got his own podcast. So I wanted to kind of play a little snippet of what Draymond Green said, and then I'll kind of go from there. This idiot said, I don't know what Draymond does out there. He said, I don't like Draymond at all. You don't know me. I just don't like Golden State. I, quite frankly, wouldn't like a team that beats me all the time either. I don't like anything to do with them. Quite frankly, you you were a little kid in high school watching us win championships. Should be happy that you even witnessed that. Or maybe college, but you get the point. You're a fan. Draymond talks a lot. You talk a lot now. So if you have four rings, sure, you talk a lot more. For All-Stars, you probably talk a bit more. Defensive player of the year, you for damn sure would talk more. Two Olympic gold medals, you definitely would be talking because that would mean you you beat Team USA, and we all know how that goes. So gets away with a lot, too. What exactly do I get away with? I have 15 texts, one less than your dumb ass. Okay, great. His game is cool. If you ever wondered... Why the Memphis Grizzlies is not ready to compete for a championship? Look no further than this idiot right here. They're actually depending on this guy to help them win a championship. And he says his game is cool. Quite frankly, that just shows how little you know about basketball. And yet, y'all, you running around talking about a dynasty? The dynasty starts after you, not with you. He plays with heart, knows the ins and outs of the defense. I want to be quite frank, I made the ins and outs of our defense. I guess that's why they like him over there. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why they like you in Memphis. Or do they like you in Memphis? That's a better question. I'm not sure your teammates like you, but I can tell you why they like me over there. When you contribute in the way that I contribute, I have contributed to four championships, they tend to like you. So next time you speak up on me, you should do some fact-checking. Next time you speak up on me, you should do some soul-searching. Next time you speak up on me, I hope you're in a better situation than you're in now, where the guys you play with actually enjoy playing with you because they actually think you're contributing to winning. Because it ain't happening right now, champ. Ah, you're not a champ. You're a clown. It ain't happening for you. Well, <laughs> that was pretty, uh, I mean, you know, Draymond Green is not one, you know, to mince words at all. We know that about him. But, you know, that was his response to what Dylan Brooks said in the interview, you know, with ESPN. And I kind of have to side with Draymond Green here. You know, Dylan Brooks especially, but the Grizzlies as a whole, they talk quite a bit for a team that hasn't 
done anything. Like, they have not achieved anything. Sure, John Morant won Most Improved Player. He was Rookie of the Year, but they haven't done anything. They don't have any championships, obviously, with this core unit that they've had for the past couple of years. They don't have any finals appearances. They don't even have a conference appearance, like a conference finals appearance. So they really talk, I feel, way too much for a team that just has not accomplished anything on a team level. So my philosophy, this is my personal opinion, you really shouldn't talk all that smack to a team that has won a championship when you yourself have not won a championship. Now, if this was the Bucks going at the Warriors, I, I would get it. I mean, their core, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, uh, who am I missing? Chris Middleton. Like, they won just a couple years ago. Even LeBron and the, you know, Anthony Davis, you know, they won a championship with the Lakers. Most of the other, you know, most of the rest of the players on the team have not. But they can talk. Like, they, you know, they have that right. They have that cachet. They won a championship in this decade. So the Grizzlies just, they haven't. I mean, they, they just have not done that so I for one am am team Draymond Green on this one I definitely think he is right um now some of the things he said was you know pretty harsh mostly because I just don't think I just think neither of those players like each other at all but I agree they uh the Grizzlies should probably do more playing and a little less talking but all right, well, before we wrap up here, the final story that I got here is not actually related to the NBA, but still related to basketball. We just found out yesterday that Jim Beheim, longtime Syracuse basketball coach, is out after 47 seasons. So I basically just want to tip my hat to Mr. Jim Beheim. He is an absolute legend in the, uh, the college, co- college coaching ranks and just basketball in general is a pioneer. Zone defense is often named Syracuse because of Jim Beheim and they're, you know, they're famous for their zone defense that they typically play. But uh, they lost just uh, yesterday to uh, Wake Forest off a of buzzer beater, which I was watching, watching that game and that, that was pretty cool to see. But 77-74, they lost in the ACC tournament. Syracuse more than likely not getting an invitation to the NCAA men's basketball tournament because I think their record, I think they have a losing record this year, but I could be wrong about that but excuse me Jim Beheim has an official coaching record of 1,015 wins with 441 losses over his career 101 of those wins had been vacated because of recruiting violations from 2004 to 2007 and 2010 and 2012 but uh coach K Mike Krzyzewski holds the division one record with 1,200 victories with Jim Beheim being second so anyway Mad respect to a legend, one of the greatest coaches of all time, um, Jim Beheim. You will definitely be missed. I remember when I was a kid, when the uh, was it the 03 Syracuse Orange team that Carmelo Anthony led to the championship. Um, that was pretty cool. It was uh, among my earliest memories of getting into basketball. But um, Jim Beheim, respect. I hope you enjoy retirement, or if you're not retiring, I hope you enjoy whatever your next endeavor is. But um, speaking of the NCAA, we've got March Madness coming up here very, very soon. So Selection Sunday is going to be this coming up Sunday. 
I do want to get a special edition March Madness show out potentially next week, maybe with some special guests. Still working on some of those fine details. But stay tuned. We might do some bracket challenges. I'll uh, put out more information on all the social medias. But I'm excited. This is like honestly one of my favorite times of year. I love March Madness. And uh, it just it's crazy. It's madness for a reason. But anyway, stay tuned for more details on that. But ladies and gentlemen, that is all the show I have for you fine folks this wonderful Friday or whatever day you're listening to this. If you could do all the good things, like, share, subscribe, leave comments, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in like you do every week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a great weekend. Take care and I'll see you for some madness. Should I been through? So I put it all in that rear view. Clean money in a black whip. Got old problems with the friends new. Yeah, I'm in the big leagues. Told her don't miss me. Ballin' like Houston. Ayy, feelin' like Whitney. Yeah, I need a bag, bruh. Send it through quickly. I'm making his dog. Like I'm in the big leagues. Yeah, told him I'ma hit it out of stands. I deserve another.